This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. One of the issues we'll be focusing on over the next nine weeks is immigration during uh, the uh, series. The impact of immigration on our region, of course, is very profound. Now, today, Premier David Eby focused on the issue in the context of international credential recognition. Now, for far too long, we've had internationally trained engineers, doctors, nurses, and people from other pro- uh, professions who say uh, they're encouraged to come to BC, but once they arrive, they can't work in the profession they love and they've been trained in. We're expecting to see some big changes in the weeks ahead as the NDP government uh, is on the verge of introducing new legislation to address the issue. Here is Premier Eby speaking on the issue at a town hall this morning in Surrey. Uh, We rely heavily on trade and international relationships. We welcome people from around the world to come to British Columbia. We're glad to see people come to our province and we see how it makes us stronger. But we have to close that loop of uh, leveraging the advantages we have by letting people work and bring their expertise, bring their skills to help build our province. Uh, It means a better quality of life, not just for people who get those credentials and are able to work where they want to work, but for the entire province. It lifts the boats of everybody when we do this properly. It makes it a better province for everybody, and we can continue to be an example to the world of the benefits that come in fighting racism, fighting discrimination, getting rid of barriers, and being a welcoming place. And I'm really looking forward to introducing this legislation that uh, Minister Mercier and his team have been working so hard on. That was Premier Eby speaking uh, at a town hall earlier this morning. Well, joining me now to discuss the issue is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Good afternoon, Richard. Yes. Oh, hello. Hello there. I thought we almost lost you there. All right, we got you. Uh, So first and foremost, tell me, uh, when can we see this legislation introduced here uh, in uh, in the legislature? It's this fall session, of course. Yeah. So we expect it at some point in the next few weeks. So the legislation will be outlined uh, in the legislature. Uh, Premier, if you didn't want to give too much away in terms of what exactly is going to be in there, uh, this town hall marks the final step in terms of public consultation. Uh, They have spoken to more than a thousand people across the province through a pretty extensive public consultation campaign, uh, speaking to people who are waiting for credentials, people who've gone through the credential system, uh, community organizations that work with new immigrants here in Canada, also uh, other business-led organizations that count on uh, foreign credentialed workers to help supply their workforce. And so uh, we are now putting the final touches on this legislation uh, that will help uh, expedite, in some cases, credentialing, make it easier, greater integration with the federal system, uh, as uh, the province grapples through what is a massive uh, challenge, you know, just based on what we heard today, Jazz, uh, there are people that are waiting years and years and years to even get an opportunity to write tests to show that they have credentials. Uh, and while they're doing that, it's putting incredible strain on themselves and their families. Uh, 
what I find interesting, Richard, in all of this is that, you know, this also will mean, you know, if you look at the, the bottlenecks in society in regards to recognition of, of international credentials, there's also, I would argue, societies and colleges, and in fact, even university institutions that have not worked very hard over the last 25 years to expediting some of these individuals uh, moving forward. Is there any conversation in regards to accountability from those organizations in regards yeah. to making sure it's a lot easier? Because sometimes you can, as an elected official, you can say, I want to do this, bring in the legislation, and all of a sudden there's bottlenecks in, 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 in a variety of societies and colleges. Yeah, there are huge bottlenecks here. One of the big issues we heard a number of times today was around this issue that someone writes an exam, and in this case it was a dentist who had to write five different exams. They wrote one exam. It took so long for that exam to be graded. By the time they had passed it to move on to the next one, all of the spots were booked up to write that exam, and they had to wait an additional eight months for the next opening. Like, how, how is this possible in terms of we have a crisis here where we need workers of a various number of skill levels? Uh, let's go to Alan in Vancouver. Hi, Alan. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm a hygienist in the city here, mm-hmm. and about 15 years ago, Um, all these schools started opening up in Ontario to graduate hygienists really quick. 15-month programs instead of three-year programs that we see in B.C. Our market got flooded Mm -hmm. with horrible hygienists. They can pass board exams, but they can't work in people's mouths because the training wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And that's within Canada. You look at, I know people within the nursing at BCIT, and uh, forever they're getting calls to come to other countries to set up programs where BCIT can take place or have their name there and, and everything. But when it came down to uh, quality control, they didn't want any of that. They just wanted the name to get the nurses out to make the money. Mm-hmm. They end up, what they need to first start doing here, all of the professions that we're talking about with uh, regards to medicine, are all suffering from so much international students who come and leave. Yeah. So stop it. Close yeah. those down. Let Canadians take the jobs because they stay here first. Alan, I appreciate your call. We've touched on this quite a bit. Uh, we did a quite a lengthy uh, amount of programs on international students. We have about 227 schools in our province. About 26, I believe, or 27 are, are public schools. The rest are all private schools. So everything... Uh, to, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, uh, learning to be a barber to learning how to drive uh, a truck uh, is, is all part of that. And yes, in some cases, one would argue some of them are just diploma mills because we are bringing so many international students in. And in fact, our public systems are heavily reliant more and more uh, on international students in Ontario for the first time this year. International students are putting the same amount of dollars into the system that the public uh, the, sorry, that the provincial government in Ontario is. It's amazing. And in some cases, our public uh, colleges now, I think in the case of Langara, or sorry, Kwantlen, we're at about 37% international students now. So it's quite significant. Richard, there's a good point that Alan raises there. Uh, I mean, there has to be some accountability uh, in regards to, A, they, they're meeting their requirements, number one, and you maybe take a few more tests. But at the end of the day, we are bringing people in who are able to do and meet the standards that are there that British Columbians yeah. all expect. Yeah, and I think part of the issue here is not that people aren't going through the accreditation process. I don't think anyone is calling for it to be less rigorous. Mm -hmm. I think it just needs to be a situation where it is fair. And the example I was bringing up before, and I don't know how much of it was jarbled, but 
Uh, a dentist spoke today about how when they completed their first test, it took so long to grade. They, then the only opportunity to book a second test was eight months down the road. You know, we are making these people wait far too long that if there is the interest to do these jobs, jobs that are needed here, uh, that they need to have the opportunity to at least prove that they are able to do so at the standards that we have in schools here. Because that's the challenge of foreign credentialing is it's unclear what the standards are. But if you are a practicing dentist in so many other countries in the world, you no doubt have skills that should allow you to practice here with potentially some, you know, um, top-ups in, in some of the skills and potentially language that you've learned. Uh, so I think that's the issue. And, and yes, Alan brings up valid points about these diploma mills, but so many of these people have accreditation and work work experience that many here do not have. And, and yes, there's a balancing factor to get younger um, ex, uh, younger professionals that work experience, but we have so much need here for so many of these positions uh, that that's, you know, we need to find a way to make it more efficient to get them into the workforce. Yeah, I mean, there are almost like two issues here. I, I would agree with Alan as saying there are some diploma mills and you can see it. You can hear from people when they call the open lines. It's like you graduate these people, they pay tens of thousands of dollars for their diploma, but they're really not employable, even though they have a certificate. And uh, that speaks to our system and the fact that we've come, become so, well, drunk on the money of international students that we are not, uh, we're allowing this to move forward. But there are legitimate cases, many cases, where you have people who are doctors or nurses or engineers, and if you provide them at least the, um, an avenue to say, okay, it's going to take you two and a half years to get the, the accreditation, let's go there. I remember years ago as a reporter, you know, it's just for doctors alone, I remember this doctor who was uh, worked in Bangladesh, but you know he'd he'd have to apply, go to school for two or three years, and then on top of that, uh, they're only allowing about five positions in the province. Where if you were an international doctor, you had, would have to go an intern afterwards. And there's just he, he's got to raise his family, he's got to right. pay for rent, he's got to move forward. He said, "No, it's much easier for me to just be a taxi driver." And that's what that person stayed, and that's, that's unfortunate. But that's part of the issue. Uh, let's go to uh, Glenn and Langley. Hi, Glenn. Hello. Uh, yeah, I find it quite ironic that a man and a wife come in and they they fast track them through their uh, accreditation for being nurses, but they can't afford to live here. <laughs> you know, like, like how, how do you win? Well, uh, you know what? If you fast-track a doctor and a nurse, uh, maybe we say we help you with some of your loans potentially and you move to Burns Lake because they got one doctor, they could probably use a second, right? And maybe that's, they'll move to Alberta. Yeah, well, that's true, but it's, it rents are up 40% in Alberta, so it's not all perfect over there as well. That's the nature of housing, I guess, in, in big cities. And I think one of the things that people are pushing back on is, wait a minute, it's so expensive here. How come all these people are coming in? But that's part of the issue as well, right? We've still got to attract people and say you can get ahead in this region. Yeah, and their families are here. This this brings up a massive issue that someone may be trained as a doctor where they could make a substantial enough income to afford a house, but because they can't get their credential, they're working as a nurse or someone else in the healthcare system, they can't get enough money, they get stuck in a situation where they can't afford a house, and they may just leave. They may go to Alberta. They may go back uh, to their home country. And I heard one story today of um, an individual trained as a dentist move here, can't get accreditation, so they are traveling back 
to Iran in this case to practice as a dentist, in essence, leaving their family here in Canada, not raising their children, putting the burden on, in this case, the wife to raise the children, Mm -hmm. creating huge anxiety about a traveling father that isn't there to raise a kid. These aren't the sort of situations we want to see no matter what country you're in. So, Mm -hmm. yes, affordability is a massive issue, and, and that's a challenge for BC recruiting. But as you get people in in these higher paying jobs that they are trained to do, you can then help them pay more taxes, buy a home, integrate into our communities. Richard, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure as always. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Hey, we figured it out. There you go. It's Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. We're talking today about the province uh, about to introduce legislation on international uh, credential recognition for so many immigrants who come to this country.